Hello, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Podcast 1854. Today's going to be a good topic and something that needs to be discussed, and we have to come up with a solution. It's going to be on saving women's sports, and I'm joined by not only a colleague, but uh, a good friend of mine, our Director of Public Policy and Legislative Affairs, Gerald Byrne, also known as Jerry. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, good to be on your show. So um, I just want to thank you first and foremost. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here uh, as part of the uh, South Carolina Federation of Republican Men. Also, you know, you're involved with it as well as the executive VP. So I I'm looking forward to really, um, you know, discussing and diving deep into saving women's sports, which seems to be, uh, you know, sweeping across the nation as uh, individuals are concerned, uh, especially with those individuals that identify, say, as transgenders, male to female, that are able to compete in same specific, uh, or I should just say sex specific athletic teams mm -hmm. slash sports. So, yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, man, yeah, it's much appreciated. I'm glad you could join me. So um, here recently, as you know, you, you just come out with a stance for the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men, and it is on saving women's sports. And so if you don't mind, I'd like to go into detail about that stance, and that way you can share it with, with our listeners, and they'll get hopefully a better understanding of how serious this really is and some of the steps that, that need to be taken to protect women's sports and we'll also uh we have some clips to share with everybody today as well and this is coming from a former male olympic gold medalist mm -hmm. who is now a transgender female and so i think that their take on the situation is impeccable and the fact that it is coming from a transgender makes it more apparent and obvious that it's not right. I mean, that's not what our bodies are designed for. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, just to add on to that, uh, just even diving into my stance, I, you know, I take a lot of uh, pride and integrity into this. It, it's such a big task. And, you know, just to cut to the chase, you know, you and I, we're, we're both conservatives. And with that being stated, um, there may be certain stereotypes, stigmas, even if you would, that would just categorize us, marginalize us almost. And the common thing is uh, anti-LGBTQ. You know, it, it's one of the things that I look to combat in this stance because, you know, we're, we're coming from a place of, of genuine concern. Um, and what really sticks out and really the quote that I utilized, especially in the introduction, is that we, we really do believe that individuals may identify as they see fit. But when you demand others to accommodate your choices, you're crossing the line. Live and let live does not mean live and coerce others to make allowances for your choices. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness does not mean step on everyone else to get your way. And really coming from this stance, you know, one who, I mean, really just in a generation, a day and age where people are just fueled by cancel culture, yes, defamation big tech, you know, they believe they're hitting milestones by once again, just marginalizing, marginalizing us conservatives as anti LGBTQ. And honestly, I'm here to just get rid of all that those kinds of stigmas really pull back the curtains and really tell the people what we really believe, because we, we sit back on a lot of these things. And, and I think that we notice it in a lot of um, 
you know, conservative uh, representation that a lot of them, they'll hold back or they won't say certain things. And, you know, they try to play on a moderate line in a way. And really, you know, it just leaves the constituency is what, what are you, you know, are you really even doing your job? And really we're here and this stance was solely once again to protect women preserve you know once again for them to have sex specific athletic teams and sports that are vital to once again uphold this fairness and i think that's the key word in here fairness that's right for biological women as well as their pursuit to achieve the athletic opportunities that are designated for them and here the south carolina federation of republican men we are here to interlock our arms with women, especially, you know, women that compete in athletic uh, sports teams whose voices have really fell on deaf ears. And uh, it's about time once again to to join with them and, and fight this battle in participation with them. So, yeah, it is. And, and you know, you you said something that I'd like to touch on briefly here whenever you said, you, you know, we have. You and I, again, conservatives, and we, we live a conservative life. I mean, that's just that's what it is. Um, but you said that we, we do have people that are in powers of position, you know, representatives, senators, so forth and so on, right? And they know that they should speak on it, but it's like they're afraid to speak on it due to the cancel culture and that whole that that whole movement that's going on, which, in my opinion, for sure, is completely just BS. And the fact, you know, and I'm going to quote one of your one of your lines here in your stance, you know, you just said, but when you demand others accommodate your choices, you're crossing the line. A hundred percent, you know, going into this, this piece also serves as really a utilitarian, you know, piece for solutions for men, women, as well as those individuals that do identify as as transgender. So really, you know, the, you can't come at this stance where, hey, we're anti-LGBTQ. You simply just can't do that. Right. And really to combat that, you know, in one of the, in one of the solutions that that I do propose is, you know, really the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men, we recognize those who do identify as trans athletes. They're Americans, they're South Carolinians, and they are athletes. And should the following not accommodate, you know, such as, uh, you know, the H4608 bill that's in the House of Representatives right now, um, really coming from really one of the most innovative, and, and I like to believe the best nation in the world, is that is really to start a transgender league and really have an audience of your own and and really take those athletes and let them shine in their own light instead of infringing upon the rights say of others such as our women touching upon this you know we could talk about title nine of course the passage of title nine in 1972 even to this day still has barriers that are put in front of it where you know they may not may not accumulate as much revenue. They may have fewer sports teams. They may have fewer scholarships that are out there. And really, you know, why are, why are we going to put another barrier in front of the line for women? You know, we want to incentivize women to join sports and, and, you know, have a social life, make friends in these sports, you know, work as a team. I don't see why we should once again, create a barrier for that. And honestly, you know, allowing biological men who transition and become or identify as a transgender woman, 
I think that ta- that imposing these kinds of um, actions, so to speak, and, and allowing them to compete in women's sports, it's really tarnishing the legacy that Title IX does hold. And we, we should be revering our women and not trying, once again, to to put up a barrier with them. So, yeah. I agree with you 100%. And, you know, there might be a lot of people that see it differently where they think, okay, well, if, if I'm a female and this is what throws me off. Okay. And tell me if I'm wrong about this, Mm. but you know, I recognize that there are females that have higher testosterone levels. And so they, they are able to compete on certain levels with males. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So again, by all means, that's fine. But we're talking about, you know, um, professional leagues we're talking colleges we're talking high schools and things like that i mean look look at the the molesting that has been going on the rapes Mm. that have been going on you know from where people literally identify and then they go in a bathroom and they rape a student and and you have the school tries to cover it up because they don't want the bad karma because they still are trying to push this just, I mean, hard left agenda and is what it is, you know, and they're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. So tell me that if they're going to lie to you about a child being raped, mm. how is that? You know, the outcry should be more, but it goes back to where um, I was stating about people being upset because again, if you want to play, if you're a woman and you know, you're having sports, that's fine. Go play. But we're talking professional leagues here, records being broken, mm. things like that. We're talking biological. I mean, so it, it, it's a deep subject. And, you know, it, we really have to shine light. In all fairness, we, uh, again, in my opinion, just like you, you just discussed, a league of their own is, in my opinion, the best solution because it's fairness. It gives them the opportunity to compete in whatever sport they want. And they can have a league of their own. They can do whatever they want. There's no hate. There's no discrimination. That's not why we come at this the way we do. We are literally doing this to, like your stance says, saving women's sports because it's not fair for them, Jerry. I I 100% agree. And really just, you know, even in the stance, I I do write along this, this premise. There's almost like this dichotomy, I would say of hypocrisy the theme here is hypocrisy even from these groups because really i can't really blame the representatives themselves coming from the other side of the aisle say such as the democrats where you know it's more so those groups that really are hard-lined and will do everything in their power to once again feel like they're hitting milestones by calling conservatives anti-lgbtq and stuff in the pockets say of legislatures to say hey just slam this with them slam this with them slam this with you know call them And honestly, here to pull back the curtain on this and really here's where we can really go off the premise of equality and fairness, especially coming, you know, if a member of the LGBTQ community were to say, why why are they part of this community? And really to those reading or hearing the stance uh, that believe saving women's sports is in any way, shape or form to attempt to undermine, you know, the community, we ask that you reflect on the very premise of the fight that members of the LGBT community have been fighting for for decades. Stay with me because I might be going on a little tangent here, but oh, really- that's, it's all good. Buddy. <laughs> like that's, I, Give it to them. I mean, yeah. we have to shed light on it. Give it to them. We do. Really, that premise is a quality. You know, what I find in the hypocrisy is that 
a lot of leftist groups will you know, fight for equality. They prance out in the street. And I wouldn't say prance, but more so they exercise their First Amendment right, as they should. I'm not in disagreement with it there. But however, when you are, once again, almost allowing the patriarchy that, you know, you're fighting, uh, it really just it just goes to show in saving women's sports you're fighting for the patriarchy to once again dominate another sector of life allowing the and it almost goes against that very premise that they they fight along which is preaching equality and therefore you know the south carolina federation of public men know that there's demand to man maintain fair play in sports just overall mm -hmm. there's reasons why there's rules there's reasons why like even in the ufc or mma or you know football anything you know you're on any kind of steroids or you know any kind of form of cheating that's why there's drug testing yeah. uh you know with banned drugs illegal equipment match fixing um it creates competitive advantages that violate this this concept of fair play it overall 100 i totally agree in general and then also on top of that you know I never thought that I'd have to really open up a biology book or really explain, but I'm not a biologist. I'm not a doctor, but it, I find it fascinating that here, you know, this has come down to such a nationwide uh, topic right now, and it's sweeping across the nation once more, but I never thought that I'd, I'd have to break down basic biology that we were taught in school to yeah. really explain that the biological advantage in sports over women or that men have over women is due to testosterone mm -hmm. and really um you know you can look at the strongest justification uh that there is the strongest justification for sex classification in elite sports is that after puberty men produce 20 times more testosterone than women resulting in circulating testosterone concentrations 15 fold higher than in children or women of any age so when i think about this with testosterone overall you know you think about the muscle fibers you think about the muscle that we're able to acclaim this this is not this is not subjective by any means this is all objective that mm -hmm. i'm speaking right now you know we have a bigger cardiovascular system uh you know we have a bigger uh respiratory system we have we grow taller you know we our heights are different we also think about the length spans of our limbs you know what i mean mm -hmm. and that's how we are genetically designed once again and to have these separate sports because it would just simply be unfair now once again you know before puberty or prepubescent of course i'd advocate for the you know co-ed sports i think that that's totally fine oh, for sure for and sure totally should... agree you know my, mm -hmm. my son for example you know he, he played soccer up until he was 12 years old mm. and you know in fairfield county they sat there the recreation center boys girls they all played together he had girls on his team you, you know and again it was all fun for the love of the game but this right here is something on a, a whole nother level i mean whole nother level because when you're talking about seriously when you're talking about creating larger and stronger bones this testosterone that does greater muscle mass strength and just circulating hemoglobin and uh honestly just like the red blood cells that that pump the oxygen you know yeah. throughout your body that we are we are able to produce it, it just gives us an un it gives us an an advantage uh over women you know when, when i think about this um and it's just absolutely 
crazy. And this is enough. This is the other side of that hypocrisy that I find as well, uh, where I just worked off of, you know, say hard leftist groups saying just slam anti LGBTQ on conservatives. Mm -hmm. It'll work. We're hitting milestones. We're making everything equal. I'm here to disprove that because seriously, and this is the one thing, the concept of gender derived from a small radical group holding many fanatical views, one of which is the deranged view that girls are boys and boys are girls fall victim to their own hypocrisy. The hypocrisy lies as in one breath, gender and sex are malleable, distinguishable, and dichotomous. They possess different definitions as sex being defined by your assigned reproductive functions at birth, while gender or gender identity is considered in reference to the social, social and cultural uh, differences of the sexes rather than the biological ones. And really just, just putting this all, I'm not here to debate, you know, the definitions of sex and, and gender really. Mm -hmm. It's, it's more so over the fact that back before, you know, I would just even say in the eighties, seventies that this sex and gender meant the same thing. And over time, you know, people can argue that it was an ideology or people can, ide you know, use that, oh, well, it's scientific findings and medical findings, but really it's coming from these gender studies professors that once again, think they're hitting milestones because it, it really does derive from ideology, especially a piece that was uh, in the Federalist that really goes into it. Um, but regardless of that, now it's almost like, in the other breath that they're saying, they are now utilizing gender as now being interchangeable and now one in the same with one sex in order to permit biological men to compete in women's sports. It seems almost amusing to us conservatives that the left is able to pick and choose how they dictate these definitions, especially when fitting a political narrative. So well, this, that's what they're good at, you yeah, know, picking oh, what fits their narrative. hundred I mean, percent. Come on, look at the situation oh, we're in right now. It, it, we can get, we could go into heavy yeah, detail, my friend, exactly. about what's going on right now. But really what I, what I want to say is that, you know, oh, gender and sex are, are different, right, to these groups, but now it, it can be utilized or justified in, in a way to, to, to allow biological men to compete in women's sports. Now gender and sex are the same. Now you're using gender, the definition of gender, to constitute as this justification for fairness when in all actuality, you're going against the very premise of equality that you're fighting on and fairness. So really at the end of the day, you know, you could preach all you want and, and you can have feelings towards the matter. That's totally fine. However, we cannot just throw out biology. We simply cannot just, once again, live and let live and just, you know, have people demand that others accommodate your choices. There's a certain line that people are crossing they should not be crossing. And once again, totally these, agree. these solutions that were putting forth you know, is something that once again, this nation is revered on is really creating your own league, having your own scholarships per se. You know, this, this, this is why I love America, man. I love being in America because of these very reasons, because we can promote this. We can have, you know, something specialized for individuals that are transgender. So at the end of the day, man, you know, we could go into, especially with Leah Thomas, which I think that we should definitely touch upon, which is the, the catalyst, I would say. I mean, and I, that's at the UPenn, right? University of Pennsylvania. Gotcha. Uh, she's a or the the individual is a transgender swimmer who, you know, male to female, who's now competing in on the women's swimming team. there, mm -hmm. 
And uh, with that said, I mean, there were other cases, of course, that, uh, you know, came before Leah Thomas. You yeah. know, there were many pieces. And let me let me just um, let me just get here real quick, real, real quick, that there was. Let's see with, you know, with the Penn oh. State thing. Um, yeah. I mean, look at look at the records. And I mean, there was a uh, an interview done on Sean Hannity with Caitlyn Jenner. Mm hmm who is, as the world knows, uh, you know, born she's a gold, male, medal. gold yeah. medalist. Decathlon winner, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and now she an changed, mm -hmm. and, and now she's a female. We recognize that. But to even have someone who is a transgender, who has competed on the highest level, won gold medals. Yeah. And, again, we actually have a clip from that Oh, for sure. Before we even get into that clip, for sure, I just want to give up instances where this has in other states, um, you know, Hawaii. I know that there there's um, there's a case going on right now, but specifically in Connecticut, uh, Connecticut, which was an amazing victory for saving women's sports, where the Department of Education ruled against Connecticut state law, allowing transgender girls to compete as girls in high school sports. Really, uh, the Department of Education they found that Connecticut's policy was in violation of Title IX. Once again, Title IX being the federal civil rights law that guarantees equal education opportunities for women, including in you know athletics. The office ruled that Connecticut's law has denied female students athletic benefits and opportunities, including advancing to the finals in events, higher level competitions, awards, medals, recognition, and the possibility of greater visibility to colleges and other benefits. And, you know, when you take into account college scouts and everything, you know, this is where it gets serious, where you're talking about the numbers behind, you know, competition you know it doesn't matter if you win by a you know a, mile, a minute or a mile or anything like that i think it's from a win is a win a win is a win that's right and really where milliseconds count down and nanoseconds so on and so forth you have to really take into account you know once again that these records or these scores so to speak they they really they matter they really do matter so that's what i would say about the uh that's what I would really say about, you know, the, the pre-existing um, cases beforehand. But regardless of that, you know, um, yeah, we, we should really play that 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 YouTube video by, uh, I believe it was Caitlyn Jenner that was on Fox News with Sean, Sean Hannity. Hannity. Yeah, yeah. And then we're, we're going to touch on a couple things after that. So um, here's a reel, you guys, from Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner. And she gives her take about transgenders competing in sports. You decide for yourself. Well, I've been pretty consistent, Sean, from the beginning. I've said that biological boys should not play in women's sports. It is just not fair. We have to protect women's sports from something like this. Um, Leah Thomas, uh, First of all, I respect her right to live her life authentically. Suffering from gender dysphoria is a horrible lifelong struggle. And every story is different. Let me tell you, Sean, I know that one. And I respect her right to do that. But with that comes some responsibility and integrity in what you're doing. And I don't know why she's doing it. Uh, we, we live in this woke world right now that's driving me crazy. I feel sorry for the girls on the Penn team because they have to be so 
woke and say, oh, this is great. We're down deep inside. They say they're saying this is wrong. Um, and a couple of them anonymously because they can't come out and parents have now come out, uh, but they have to do it anonymously uh, and say this is wrong. And it is wrong. Um, and I'm very disappointed in the NCAA. They did kick the can down the road. And uh, but we have to deal with this issue. We have to protect women's sports. They've worked so hard for equality. Look at Title IX. For years, they got that and finally got it through. I love women's sports. We have to protect it. All right. So as you all just heard, that was a very powerful statement from Caitlyn Jenner. And she expressed her honest and real opinion and thoughts about that, which, I mean, she hit the nail right on the head. And it's not coming from a place of hate or discrimination. It's coming from fairness. A concern over genetics, to be completely honest with you, because we are genetically built up different than women. Exactly. It's nothing personal. It's, it's not to be offensive. It's none of that. You know, let's take a let's take a genetically born female who has changed into a male and they go up against, you know, a heavyweight in the UFC. Couldn't imagine. Couldn't, Couldn't imagine. imagine. You know, you know, Amanda Nunes, who's known to have higher testosterone yep. levels and, and is able to compete. And, and really, she has dominated the UFC completely as a champion. She sure has. Recently lost. But nonetheless, you know, she's really been a very dominant champion, I believe, a uh, double champ. champ. She champ. was a double champ. She was a yep. champ. She just lost one of her belts. Yep. So yeah. regardless of that, you know, when I look at, at the specific case, you know, I can't imagine Amanda Nunes really going up against Francis Ngannou. Like, can you imagine? I could not imagine. I could not even fathom. Now, don't get me wrong. I know it's set by weight classes, once again, to promote fairness. But, I mean, if you took an individual, you know, that was in 155 or 145, I know that there was Chris Cyborg. Um, you know, a lot of people, they even get a lot of hate for almost having so much testosterone and competing. And I'm like... Why they're a biological woman? I understand that completely. Like they are a biological woman, they're able to compete in these things. And I know that the UFC has kind of been in talks, and there's little things around them. But regardless, just coming back to Leah Thomas altogether, and really, if you guys don't believe us, believe the statistics because the numbers they truly never lie. They don't lie, they, and that's that. That's something I'm big on. If you have data, you have statistics, you have studies, and again, it's hard to debate that. You can't, I mean, you can debate it, you know, you mm -hmm. can have your opinion, but it, it's still, it's not, it's not right. Whenever you're sitting here looking at something and it is clearly proven, I mean, again, the numbers, the numbers, the numbers, look at, look at pin, just like you said, I mean, look at the records, look at everything that has happened there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind just even going down and, and, you know, stating some of these statistics. Cause oh, I'd love you. That That's yeah. why we got you on today, Boy, man. They are eye opening when I, when I say this. So in article three of my stance, it's plain statistics. So here at the zippy invitational event in Akron, Ohio, that's all Thomas finished the 1,650 yard freestyle. 38 seconds ahead of the next closest finisher, her teammate, uh, Anna Sophia Calendaz. So I'm, I'm sorry if I uh, am butchering up that name, but once again, you know, the closest teammate or what, the person that finished in second was 
I mean, 38 second gap is is just mm. astronomical, especially it's not like it's like by 0.5 or, you know, and even talking about Leah Thomas, apparently there's been some controversy with a Yale transgender swimmer and they're going back I and forth that. between each other, yes. kind of working out. So that way they get the light kind of shed off of them. And it's almost like they're in cahoots together and it's almost like, OK, then. We also have another statistic. The first U.S. record was broken on December 3rd when Thomas won the 500-meter freestyle with a time of 4.34.06. She raced to victory 14 seconds ahead of the former, actually, Callum Days again, the swimmer she beat by 38 seconds on, on that previous Sunday. Then, also recently what just happened on January 22nd, 2022, the following uh, the following Saturday, she won the 200-meter freestyle in 141.93, seven seconds ahead of her nearest rival, giving her the fastest female U.S. time ever for that race, too. And see, that shouldn't even be allowed to happen. It's stuff mm-hmm. like that, just like you said. I mean, seven seconds. Seven seconds, but That's not a lot on top of, of that. One can even pose the argument, oh, well, look, the, the gap is shortening. The gap is, is once again aligning. But once again, you know... She's working in cahoots. If if this individual's working in cahoots or, or trying to get the spotlight off of her, I think it's very easy for Leah Thomas to do this. I think it's very easy. And I'm not coming at, you know, this individual with libel or slander or anything like that, because whether it's proven or not, I'm just saying I think it's very easy to manipulate. Like just like when I was a wrestler, you know, and I had to wrestle someone that was on my own wrestling team, and we would start out, okay, you take a takedown, I'll take a takedown, or mm-hmm. you do this and because you don't really want to fight your but you don't really want to wrestle with your brother you don't right. you don't want to do that you yeah. know it's it's like oh i couldn't have gotten someone else from another school or something like that but when you really put it in, i think it's so easy once again to manipulate this data and and especially from the individual's performance and we also have a picture here and yeah really this picture is demonstrating once again i mean it's it says a thousand words really on 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 really what it is uh, since Thomas has stated that there is no endpoint for taking estrogen or testosterone blockers, uh, we almost believe that, and this is from the individual's words themselves on a uh, podcast called Swim Swim. Uh, I saw it on YouTube uh, as well as their website. Um, and really, one can see the physical difference in height, you know, and reach, such as your arm and legs, you know, just really the length. Um and it just goes to show once again that this is really just indisputable evidence that would just give advantage to a biological male competing in women's sports, especially such as swimming. Look at this picture, man. I mean, really, you have oh, no, you dude. have Leah Thomas and the competition right next to her. This picture says a thousand worlds. Just the the buildup. It does, and you know, it doesn't. Once again, it does not matter. I think how much estrogen you take or or testosterone blockers. You know, this individual is just built different than the competition, which just it, it completely makes it unfair. If the statistics didn't get it, the picture doesn't get it. I really don't know how you can fit this into almost normalcy in a way where this is fair. Well, I, I don't see how you can fit fairness into all of this. So, and the picture literally, I mean. <laughs> Having, you know, this transgender athlete in the middle and you have the two biologically born and still remain women, they don't even, I mean, it's it's just, it blows my mind when I see this and I think that, oh my gosh, this is reality right now. Like this is actually going on in America and people are championing 
you know, hey, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, you know, and enough's enough. And I mean, it, again, it's not coming from hate. It, it's it's coming, like you said. It's protecting women's sports, you know, it is really coming from coming from Billie Jean King, you know, revered tennis player and, um, you know, Great, she's a yeah. really, really great, especially with Title IX. You know, participation in these sports really have, have shot up with women. And I don't see why we should, once again, appease to those that have these feelings. It's not coming from any facts. It's coming from feelings. And I get that you're upset. I get that people would be upset with it. But it's coming from feeling where, you know, women participation in sports went up, what was it, 1,057% uh, and 614% at the college, college level. level. Yeah. So really, I, I you just go and scratch your head. But really, you know, South Carolina, I want to bring it back to South Carolina, where I think it's important to note that we are one of 37 states to propose legislation just overall, you know, having restrictions that effectively prevent transgender uh, students from joining interscholastic sports teams that that align with gender identity. And of those of those states, only nine have passed bills and one state, I should say 10 states, but South Dakota, they implemented uh, these restrictions via an executive order by the governor who was doing a phenomenal job. Want to give a shout out there. But once again, I think that the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men 150%, I think, unanimous, unanimously supports the bill proposed by the South Carolina House of Representatives, as well as the three tangent bills that are in the South Carolina State Senate. Uh, but really, that, that House Bill H4608, this bill seems to, once again, accommodate all levels, interscholastic, intercollegiate, intramural or club athletic teams or sports that are sponsored by a public secondary school or public post-secondary institution must be expressly designated as one of the following based on the biological sex at birth of team members, such males, men, boys, females, women, or girls, co-ed or mixed, including both females and males, uh, athletic teams or sports designated for males, men, or boys may be open to students of female sex, given that they are already at a, at a, at a disadvantage. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they want to compete in that, you know, more power to them. I think that that's actually something that's very empowering to women. Mm -hmm. And then athletic teams or sports designated for females, women, or girls may not be open to students of the male sex, given the disadvantages, given the biology, given the statistics, even the hypocrisy. It's crazy. But once again, I think that the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men, us, we really do champion that. You know what? Trans athletes, you are Americans. You are South Carolinians. You are athletes. You should once again, create a league of your own. We come from an innovative nation that would probably would be behind you 100%. 100%. And we would yeah. be behind you. I we would definitely be, would. You know, get, I'd, love, I'd love a ticket. I'd like to see, you know, how transgenders compete and perform against one another. You know, I think I think it'd be honestly super innovative, super creative. And honestly, I think it would pick up a, a bunch of traction. So, but yeah, BB, is there is there anything else that you wanted to state on 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 the topic at hand? Yeah, well, before we move on to the next thing, uh, I'm gonna play one more clip. And again, this mm -hmm. is from Caitlyn Jenner, same interview with Sean Hannity on Fox, and this is again given her her thoughts about it. So phenomenal. Let's hear it. Take a lot of heat. I'm kind of used to it, Sean. Mm -hmm. um, and to be honest with you, a lot of those comments that people make with nobody around. Uh, I, I don't know if they really believe that kind of stuff. They may, but that's okay. I mean, honestly, I can take it. I'm about, you know, I, Sean, I'm a patriot. 
I love this country. I love our freedoms, you know, and I, and I love the trans community, but we have to do what's fair and we have to do what's right. Yeah. So, you know, Leah Thomas grew up as a biological boy. A couple of years ago was on the male swim team. Um, a couple of years of, you know, hormones and testosterone depressants doesn't change a lot of things. You know, hands are big, cardiovascular system big. You see pictures, her back is huge. She can run, I mean, she can swim really fast and it's it's just not All fair. Right. It's not Tammy fair. Will... All right, and so again, Caitlyn Jenner. Saying it how it is. I mean, really at the end of the day, we really have to, have to fight for this, really fight not on behalf of coming out and being anti-LGBTQ or whoever wants to label us and, and put defamation on us. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if people that, you know, once again, were so pro-LGBTQ wanted to read this stance and not read another word after the first sentence, you know. That Those are single track mind folks, I, in my opinion. And they're again, more than welcome to do what they want. And you know what? But when it comes at the point, uh, okay, this is going to be libel, slander, defamation or anything, really just geared behind behind that, that cancel culture, it's almost like libel and slander to us conservatives. Exactly right. And it's, it's we're okay constantly for them. under attack. It's okay for them to do it, but it's not okay for, and not only that, we're not even coming from a place out, out of being disingenuous or, or being hateful in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. We're speaking facts here and <laughs> quoted from Ben Shapiro. Facts don't care about your feelings. Exactly. And you've wanted to Neither do we. Yeah. And that's how it is. So, yeah, I mean, Really, when we talk into this, I mean, you, we can dive into so many things, such as even the military as well. BB, I don't know if you wanted to touch upon that. Yeah, and and so with the military, I don't know if you remember, but when the whole uproar became about, you know, women should be able to do this and that in the military, which again, thank you to all the brave men and women that serve our country. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do it. This podcast wouldn't be possible without them. We wouldn't be able to go to bed at night. So uh, again, I pray for you daily. We thank you. We respect you and we're here for you. But saying that, you know, so many women, not transgenders, but mm -hmm. women went to join different branches of the military. Right. Yes. And so when they were doing that, due to the vigor, I mean, just the training, the curriculum, everything, the amount of push-ups and pull-ups they had to do, the standards, how, how many miles they had to run, mm -hmm. the, the, the gear that they had to carry. So when the women came in, what happened was they were, they were given those same standards because they wanted to compete on that same level. Mm -hmm. And it was constant failure and i'm not saying that it's in a bad way proven. i'm just saying it was a constant failure mm -hmm. and so the military again was getting flack you know hey why isn't women doing this why aren't women doing that so then they get together and not a lot of people know this but they had to lower the standards mm. for everything they had to lower the standards for the amount of weight carried. They mm. had to lower the standards on how many miles could be ran. The uh, timing on it too. The timing yeah. on everything, how many mm. pull-ups is required. So my question is, how is that fair to the men that sat there and did that and had to earn those stripes, mm. but yet the women, they had to lower the standards? And I'm not saying that in a bad way, so don't take that out of context. I don't think it's out of a of bad light. Listen, you, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I don't think that's coming out of a bad light because, once again, we are super fortunate for, once again, the men 
and the women that serve our nation, that fight across, you know, Amen. once again, the world for us to have the protections that we do have in this nation. We are beyond blessed and beyond fortunate that you, that people serve in our United States military in any branch whatsoever, in any MOS or any job at that. We are blessed. And Amen to that. It really, it really comes from a place of, once again, just measuring the statistics. You know, the military is not an equal opportunity employer. They will not set you if you're colorblind, if, if you're too small, if you're too big, if, you know, you have a certain allergy. You know, my brother, he was a United States uh he was a United States Marine and, you know, he had to go through uh, MEPS and everything like that. They mm -hmm. they they go through the whole the whole shebang pretty much of yeah. just making sure you're able to be in the military and that you qualify, especially medically. And it's it's one of those things that, you know, once again, we're just only measuring off the statistics and the standards and, and everything like that. And when we bring it back to women's sports, I think it's really important to highlight that, look, Title Nine is something that should be revered. It is something that has once again made milestones and actual accomplishments for women, especially with their sports teams, especially with the opportunities afforded to them in scholarships, recognition, medals, so on and so forth. And this is something that we will preserve, we will fight for to stick up for women in the highest caliber. I don't think that it should be mistaken. Um, regardless of that, yeah, I mean, we can move on to, you know, just even just the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men, as stated, you know, I have made a stance about this. We are strong. We, you know, I'm doing my job as the registered lobbyist for the Federation, going into the offices and, and making sure that H4608, as well as the other three bills that are coming from the Senate in regards to the Saving Women's Sports Act are heard and that you know, our, our constituents are being heard. This is not just in South Carolina. This is in almost every state for sure. Even ones that have passed, you know, we need to make sure that fairness is upheld, that once again, this has come from a place of concern over genetics, but we want to make sure that fairness is upheld and it is bolstered and that we will continue to fight for it. Exactly. And it goes back to the equality, you know, and um, again, if it's going to be equal and it's going to be fair, then as a competitor, why would you want your standards lowered? Mm. I know I wouldn't. Yeah. Because that's that's saying to me that I'm not good enough. Yeah. I'm not good enough to do it because it's almost I have disrespectful. To, it, yeah. Exactly yeah. right. So, it's almost a, out of a out of disrespect. And you know what, man? Like just even this, you know, even with women's sports, you know, once again, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to working with you. You and I, we come from two totally different backgrounds. You know, you were born and bred, raised in South Carolina. Yes, sir. And I proud South Carolinian. As you should be. And, you know, I, I'm from New York, you know, and it, it, <laughs> it it's definitely very mixy up there. And I won't touch upon too much, but really, once again, the policies have definitely drove me down to South Carolina to not try to propose change as a, you know, northerner, but once again, to stick up and revive some of those old policies that have really made South Carolina unique, different, and, and really just overall fair for everyone. And, and it, it allows you to be in a place. Mm that aligns with my your conservative values, exactly. your identity, mm -hmm. everything. I so don't shy away from it. You know, I really no, don't I shy away. No, I can vouch for that. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It, it takes such great pride 
now being a South Carolinian and once again to fight for the constituents and fight side by side with someone who, you know, we're from two totally different worlds, but I truly do believe God has put each other in each other's lot or put me and BB myself and BB in each other's life to once again, fight for a greater good together that really can only be explained by God. And I am forever thankful that I have crossed paths with this gentleman that's sitting across from me. I am blessed. So yeah. (laughs) Feelings mutual, brother. Feelings mutual. And for those of you don't know, I'm BB just so, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah. A little nickname my great grandfather came up with. I have an extremely long name. And so uh, I got stuck with BB, which, you know, is fine by me because uh, it didn't take long to write. <laughs> I'm sure your audience, you know, once again, I, I'm thankful to even be here today to come onto the podcast. I think what you're doing is so great. It, it needs to be put out, put out, put out. And and honestly, I see how tenacious you are of a person and hard worker you are. And it, it really touches me. You know, I'm what, 10 years younger than you, but it, it's one of those things that fuel myself to just keep on working hard. And this is just one stance, That's you right. know, and being the director of public policy and legislative affairs, you know, I have a job to do. And when I see the gentleman around me putting in the work, it makes me want to work even harder and produce even more stances. You know, I focus a lot more on the international realm um, and really trying to bring that back to domestic for sure. But what I'm, you know, what we're seeing now, of course, I can't wait to touch upon topics such as, you know, the People's Republic of China and, you know, or mainland China and Taiwan, you know, which is something I championed. I championed a lot, you know, being in the New York State Senate, I got to play senator for a day. And it was one of those things. I saw your YouTube video about that. Yeah, (laughs) excellent job. If you guys uh, haven't seen that, uh, Jerry, give them that information because I think it's something, I mean, you literally, I mean, again, you knocked it out at the park really where could they find that if they wanted to see it yeah so it's on the new york state model legislative session in 2018 where i took part as a legislative aide for the senate majority leader john j flanagan it was the last year that the republicans held the senate and i really absorbed and learned that was in new york that was in new york okay okay that was in new york state so it'll be um you know you could type it in new york state model legislative session 2018 and my marker begins at three hours and five minutes and and, you know, Madam President or Mr. President will announce, you know, uh, Senator Byrne to explain his bill. And I really, you know, once again, try to explain the differences in culture, language, uh, you know, government and, and just infrastructure that separate Taiwan as an independent nation from China. But not to get off topic or anything, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about the things uh, that I hold as well as the constituency. You know, coming down to South Carolina, I have been learning so much about people and learning about the concerns that they have across this state. And once again, I find myself in this, um, almost in this absorbed sponge mode, really, where I'm taking it all in and looking at the bills that can curtail to them and help alleviate and find a resolution while also proposing and, and finding some, some common ground to once again, accommodate all South Carolinians. I never wanted to be a politician. I, I don't want to be a politician. I see how busy they are. A lot of people will give a bad name. A lot of people would give a bad name to a lobbyist. But really what I want to revere to, you know, once again, with, with the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men is be the people's lobbyist. 
And I know that sounds that sounds so oxymoronic almost in a way. Like, how can you be for the people, be a lobbyist when you're, you know, it's stereotypical, oh, you're the problem in, in politics. But in all honesty, no. No. We yeah. give the representation to our alliance clubs That's that have right. a voting representation and how we can guide our public policy to fit the needs of South Carolinians, Americans as for the greater good. And you know what? I'm in this fight and I'm in this fight to win and I will do whatever it takes to do that. Be as ethical as I possibly can. I am a man uh, of dignity and integrity and man, I am just looking forward to working with all of you gentlemen that, that are within the South Carolina Federation of Republican men and upholding our values, upholding our mission for the good governance of men. You know, once again, we see in this state women doing a lot of things. They're doing a lot of things politically. They're doing a lot of things at the grassroots level. And it's not so much of, oh, take a seat back. It's more so we're here. Can you have, do you have some room at the table for us to help you? Exactly. Because that's one thing that I noticed. Unity. Unity. one and we will be a voice together and i'm looking forward to it we will we will man and um i can say you know since meeting you last year and then having you join the south carolina federation of republican men you know you you started out as our communications director and in the beginning i don't know if if you remember i told you the, the night we were sitting on our president's front porch you mm. know it's just like man you sure you don't want to take this other position and but again you were great at the communications director spot <laughs> and and then when you shared your ambitions mm. with us and told us you know hey this is where i see myself you know i don't want to be a politician i don't want to be in the spotlight Mm-mm. i want to do the people's work behind the scenes and get it done mm-hmm. and then Lo and behold, just like God, you know, and and like you touched on earlier, you know, things happen for a reason and God Mm. opened up that door. Mm. And now you have been promoted from communications director to the South Carolina Federation of Republicans men, the director of our public policy and legislative affairs. Not only that, like you said, you are our registered lobbyist. Mm. So you and I have been in the state house. Yeah. Quite a Quite few, a few times. times. And and this month, I mean, going into February, we have meetings already lined up, you know, so we're out here doing this stuff, guys. We're out here fighting for y'all. We're, we're trying to educate. We're trying to bring the information to the forefront and give you as much data and statistics as we possibly can so you can take that material. Just like in this interview today, you can take that and you can chop it, slice it, dice it, do what you want to with it. But it's information that is vital and critical to saving women's sports. We can't turn the blind eye to this. You know, we can't allow this to happen. And those of you that think that it's okay, you really need to reevaluate the situation and think about the genetics. Because if you're saying it's okay for a transgender to compete against the the opposite sex. So what's the difference from criminal domestic violence or, you know, a man going and hitting a woman and then saying, oh, well, I identified as a woman. So I'm I'm not a male. It's crazy. It's crazy. Even with tech, you know, oh, now I identify, say, as a single woman, you know, and I have 17 kids to file for taxes. There you go. How can you disprove it? You see what I'm saying? Did you see it's this, abusing the system? Did and you that's see the story mm-hmm. that, that the other day I read and a gentleman sat there 
and he had previous uh, molestation charges, right? Mm -hmm. And so he was he was he was a, a student, and so the school covered it up. Mm. All right, didn't want to prosecute, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to do anything. This guy's in his early twenties, okay? Oh, wow. mm -hmm. And uh, the prosecutor in California, they sat there, and the 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 sad part is, is the guy went to another uh, Denny's, if I'm not mistaken, mm. and grabbed a ten year old girl by the throat, oh. pulled her in the stall, oh, and forced his hand down her pants. Okay. Oof. And he heard someone come in, and luckily that that you know that that ended right there. Mm. But nevertheless, though, after he was locked up, you know what he did? What did he do? He identified as a female. Mm. So he was a male when he committed the crime. After he got locked up, and I'll put the link, you know, in in our description box at the end of this podcast. Mm. But he identified as a female, and now instead of prosecuting him. They sent him to a juvenile facility. Wow. The guy is in his early 20s. Okay. Oh, wow. We all know that the human brain, you know, it's not fully formed until what, 24, 24 25, 25 years 25, old, yep. you know. So whenever you have someone like that who is clearly mentally unstable, mm. and I say that with authority because we have the data and the studies to back it up with, mm. these aren't accusations. This isn't discrimination. This is simply the truth. Like we stated, first and foremost, again, this podcast is uncut and uncensored. Mm. So it may not be for everyone, but Some everyone's opinions matter. Mm. And, and you're welcome on here. We'll debate 100%. the topic any day, any time. You know, but these are the problems that we're running into. For and that's sure. how serious it is. It is getting very serious. And once again, to bring it up, you know, they're going to be those people that will turn a blind eye or just be ignorant. But ignorance is truly bliss. It I is. do believe that. And, um, you know, some can take our demeanor or what, but we we're almost fired up. We're, we're fed up in a way where really, you know, how much can we keep on appeasing? And, and really what I've seen from my home state of New York, you give so much. And before you know it, the majority is lost, you know, whether it's legislated. So to get these kinds of things rolling up and jumping and starting and and really being executed, you can't have it because you lost the majority. And now, you know, you give a little, but they want a lot. And this is coming a lot from once oh, again. Sure. You the, know what they mm -hmm. the old saying? You give uh, I give you an inch, you take a mile. Uh, right. A hundred percent. And it, it's one of the things that down here in South Carolina, you know, while I breathe, I hope I really, really do. I really See, guys, he's turning into a true <laughs> South Carolinian. I really hope that we can take the initiative, the action, once again, and just even correlating it into the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men. And our mission is really to bolster up the Republican Party and really make sure that we are electing conservatives that will uphold our values and not be moderate or, you know, per se, uh, a rhino, you know, Republican in name only for those who may not know. But really that's right we we cannot bend we cannot fold like a deck of cards we have to stand together in unity and we have to make sure that we find good people that will do the people's business and Amen. that's exactly right and that's again the south carolina federation of republican men you know it's why we take our job serious you know we really do because 
there has been a lack of participation. That's why stuff like this has gotten out of hand. I just did an episode last night that was very near and dear to my heart about, you know, the constant attack on police officers. And again, it's because of the radical left and their policies and procedures. And in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure yours too, but I don't want to speak for you, but their goal is to destroy America mm. from the inside out. And not only that, but what's more dangerous is once again, those rhinos or say those who identify as moderate conservatives. Yeah, they're they're really the sheep. They're really once again, they are. I, I would even say so. They're, they're cunning. They're almost they're really the fox. But really underneath the masquerades, they're the sheep within it that are allowing certain provisions and really just laws to go through that are unjust that really do infringe upon the rights of the people. And we we cannot stand for it. And we will do everything in our power peacefully to make sure that our voices are heard and that we get the message out of the constituents. And that is our job. That is our goal. And we welcome any men, female, you know, once again, men, women into our organization that do align with the Republican Party, that do want to see change within the state for the better. Exactly right. And anyone that wants to find out more, there is a link to our website. And if you don't see it, it is scfrm.org. And that is the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men's website. So you can go on to that website and you can review the stances that we've put out, the one that, you know, uh, Jerry is sitting here talking now that he just authored and submitted. And so that is the South Carolina Federation of Republicans Men stance on saving women's sports. But you guys go over it, have a look and tell us what you think. You know, if you want to be more involved in your community, in your state, sign up, become a member. You know, uh, it's it's only $50 a year. You get access to a ton of information, events, and what's going on. You stay up to date with what matters here in South Carolina, and that's what we focus on. That That's why we are the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men. You know, we have to bring awareness to our state, and we have to let people know that we are here to stay. We're not going anywhere. We're only getting started. <laughs> we are here. We certainly are here, and once again, any support and any feedback in any way is always important. You know what I mean? And and especially any type of, uh, you know, critiques in, in any form, as long as, you know, it's cooperative, it, you know, it, it, it aligns with us. And honestly, you know, I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to be here with you and and do the people's business. I don't think I could stress that enough. I almost sound like a tape recorder saying that, but it it really is the truth. And um, you know, we look forward to your participation. And BB, if you want to close us out for today, yeah, Jerry. And again, I can't thank you enough for coming on and joining me today. You know, we we had a nice service at church, mm. and then we come straight into this podcast, guys. And so, uh, again, thank you for having me. Thank you for your time, seriously, because, uh, I mean, it, for hours now, mm. you know, we've we've been here. So uh, on a Sunday, I, I appreciate it. And, um, again, I want to thank all of our listeners. And if you want more content, you know, support this channel. I mean, for future episodes, guys, like it takes support so we can grow as well. If you like what you hear, there's a support button. Click on that, you know, and, and help us so we can give you those future episodes and conversations, debates, 
I would like to say again, Jerry, thank you. Your stance was phenomenal. And uh, I, I encourage you guys that listen to this to go to our website and check it out for yourself. But if you have any questions, you can give us an email or, like I said, if you want to be on the show, send us a message. My name is Brandon Peak, and this is Podcast 1854. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you by Peaks Production and the South Carolina Federation of Republican Men. Please subscribe for more.